Hey, Velocity Church, happy Sunday. Last week, we started really a two-part sermon with Jesus and his encounter with the Pharisees in John chapter 10. Jesus uses this allegory and uses two I am statements within that to kind of both identify how things had gotten off track for the Israelites' religious expression and also to really correct their understanding of who God is. And in case you missed that, here's the context that Jesus gives. John 10. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. And to explain, Jesus breaks up his message into two parts, that he is the door, or he is the gate, and that he gives protection and he gives access for the sheep. And the second, which we'll ta tackle today, is that Jesus is the shepherd. Now, when I think of shepherding, I normally think sheepdog, and I think of a shepherd kind of standing there uh, giving the sheepdog orders, and the sheepdog is running around and barking and nipping at the heels of the sheep. If I don't know, do sheep have heels? And they're directing them until they finally corral them in the way that they want to go. So think sheepdog, or you can think babe, the pig who did the sheepdog thing. Uh, but a key detail of shepherding that Jesus provides in his description is that the sheep recognize his voice and follow him. And so the shepherd is, is leading them. And it's a very different picture than really what I'm used to and maybe what you're used to as well. And it's a, a unique thing for Palestinian shepherds that the way that they lead their sheep is not with necessarily sheepdogs uh, corralling them, but they actually walk ahead of them and the sheep recognize their shepherds by their voice. In fact, uh, you could have a bunch of sheep together and multiple different owners that are with them or shepherds uh, that are taking care of them with them. They're in the same pasture land, but when it's time to go their separate ways and to go home to their pen, those shepherds can give their call to their sheep and those that herd will break up into the smaller herds and the sheep will know where to go simply because that shepherd has really spent their whole lives with them. They've taken care of them, they've gotten used to the sound of their voice, and they won't pay attention to anyone else who calls them. In fact, you, could, uh, you can see in the way that Jesus teaches about what shepherding ought to look like that maybe it's a different type of way that we would normally think of how we treat people and how we interact with them. In verse 5, Jesus says, They will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. And so the question for us, particularly in a day like today, in a society that's in turmoil right now, the question for us is, what voice are we running to? The answer to that question requires self-examination. It requires accountability. And it's reflected in what we say and what we do in our lives. And there's so many voices vying for our attention right now that it makes it even more important that we're not on autopilot and assuming that we're following the Good Shepherd. One of the phrases that Jesus uses multiple times in his teaching is, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, he knows that there are other voices calling to us, but if we don't drown out the noise and take heed of his voice, we'll be left wandering. 
Now, even then, there's still good news because as Jesus teaches in one of his more famous parables, he's willing to leave the 99 sheep who are safe and together to go out looking for the one who is lost. And so that's something that we can, we can rest in knowing. Uh, but Jesus says further down in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. And so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. Throughout the entire Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, one of the ongoing themes of humanity is that people are pulled in all kinds of directions and by different voices that are represented by politics, economics, culture, self-interest, and all along the way, God offers course correction through his prophets. And they were largely ignored, if not killed, because they were giving the message that God wanted to share with them. And yes, there is a tension that we navigate when it, we come to the differing opinions of how we think about those different categories and areas of life, even when we try to base those on a pursuit of godly wisdom. But, and, and this is a big but, Jesus calling us to the kingdom of God and his voice should capture our attention over the thieves and robbers and over the hired hands and over the wolves that care nothing for the well-being of God's sheep. Our elder team is reading a book right now that's called They Smell Like Sheep, and it's about the pastoral leadership that Jesus models for us and teaches. And the author shares the story from a trip they took to Israel. They're in a tour bus, and they're looking over at the pasture land, and they see shepherds out there, and the tour guide is sharing uh, just all the anecdotes about how shepherds lead in that area of the world, and that the sheep know their voice, they care for them, they check on them each and every day. And then the tour guide stops and he says, he shares this story that he was on one tour and he was sharing all these wonderful anecdotes about shepherding and how that, how the meaningfulness of that and what it looks like. And he looks over and he realizes he doesn't have the attention of his tour bus anymore because as they're looking out, they see a herd of sheep that's scattered and running away from this guy who's hitting them, who's throwing rocks at them and is sicking his sheepdog on them. So the tour guide stops the bus, he has them pull over, he runs out to the field and he starts yelling at this guy because he's ruining, ruining his analogy. He's saying, I just shared this amazing like pastoral picture of what shepherding is like and you're just destroying this as a shepherd. Like, what are you doing? This is not how people operate. And the guy looks at him and says, hey man, you got it all wrong. I'm the butcher. We, we have 24 seven access to innumerable voices that are speaking into our lives. And any voice that is not echoing the voice of Jesus is obscuring the gospel for us. We must recognize that if we're going to navigate turbulent times together, when the wolf gets into the sheep pen, that's when it's more important than ever to listen to the right voice. When a pandemic strikes, fear 
gives way to faith, when we listen to the voice of Jesus reminding us that when we are confronted by our own lack of control in life, we know the one who holds the future. When our political leadership makes a request that we don't like, that doesn't go against God's will, we submit to that human authority, for it's God's will, by that doing good, we silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. When conspiracy theories run amok, I'm content knowing that the peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding will guard my heart and my mind. And when the, Lord, when the world's largest hornet shows up on the northeast of the continent, we'll, well, we'll just quickly move on because we don't really have the attention span to be thoughtful about any one thing at any given time. And when we see yet another example of a world that's broken by sin and the unnecessary loss of life that sparks outrage across our nation, we turn to the Good Shepherd's voice for how we move forward together. There are many voices speaking. In fact, in this current age of outrage, it seems as though everyone shouting their opinion as loudly as possible is the best course of action. Yet the one consistent request, whether it's been spoken or unspoken, I hear is just the desire for people to listen to listen to those who are in pain, to listen to those who are hurting. And that when we listen, we'll have a more appropriate response to what is happening around us. And here are some things that I'm hoping that we can hear as we're shepherded by Jesus. Right now, fellow human beings that have been created in the image of God, who have different color skin, have had to deal with injustice in a way I know that I never have. As I've listened to folks in our congregation about their experience, about how they're navigating this time, about the pain that they've felt currently and in the past as a result of their race, I, I, know, I know that it's difficult and I know it's painful for them and God forbid that we add to it. This is a perfect moment to listen to the voice of our Good Shepherd and exercise two of our rules as a congregation, that no one stands alone and that everyone's story matters. The stories that I've heard are heartbreaking. And when we cut through the noise and we hear the voice of Jesus in moments like these through people that are made in his image, we're given direction by the very example of Christ. He gives his life for the sheep, even for sheep not already in the sheep pen, and he takes his life up again so that we might follow him and be reconciled people of God who aren't driven by the voices of the world. We're not driven by the voices of politics or economics or culture or self, but by the ministry of reconciliation, by grace and peace, and by the fruit of the Holy Spirit that helps us to recognize the good shepherd and the sheep that are following him. Scripture is clear about the cause and the case of the marginalized and the oppressed, about unity and about the many parts coming together to form the whole body, which is Christ. And that when one member of that body suffers, all suffer along with it. I know talk about statues and who's at fault for the rioting and for the looting and what statistics actually convey are going to continue to draw our energy and our attention, but may we be led by the cause of Christ and the fullness of grace and truth. The fact of the matter is this, that our black brothers and sisters are hurting right now, and the voice of Jesus says their lives matter. They need to hear us say it, and they need to hear us show it. And as followers of Jesus, we know that all lives matter, but 
but not to the dismissal of those who are hurting in the moment right now. Our brothers and sisters in law enforcement, they're struggling right now too. And the voice of Jesus says their lives matter as well. And they need to hear us say it and show it. And we need to be the people who are in the radical middle who can say both things, both, both things fully true at the same time. All of these things are true in equal measure. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And we're the ones who are called to comfort. Romans 12, verses 9 through 21, Paul writes a section of scripture that uh, is often referred to as love in action. And he says this, Love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome evil. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. This is what citizenship in the kingdom of God looks like. And following Jesus' voice is taking the right action in the right moment. The mark of the good shepherd is that he will not lead us astray. In John chapter 10, verses 19 through 21, as people are listening to these words of Jesus and what he's claiming, this is the reaction. They, they hear Jesus' words and were again, again divided. Many of them said, he's demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a, da- a demon open the eyes of the blind? So much of what we say is going to be defined by what we do and how we live things out. Let me give you this example. If you've ever taught kids or if you've ever coached youth sports, uh, it's, it's really not that far off from shepherding. And how you tackle it uh, maybe will show whether or not you're more of a sheepdog shepherd or if you're a follow-my-voice type shepherd. Um, except it's a little bit more difficult for those kids to know what voice that they should be listening to. The coach formulates the game plan, uh, teach the fundamentals, try to instill a love for the game in these kids so they can enjoy what they're doing. Hopefully that love for the game extends far beyond just their time in youth sports. Uh, Learn those fundamentals and learn the important life skills along the way that they need to know how to be gracious in winning and how to handle defeat. That what it means to put in the work that leads into results. And in the midst of all that, you've got mom and dad, and maybe some well-meaning uh, sideline coaches that are shouting out directions and 
giving advice that maybe draws, or well not maybe, it does, it draws attention away from the big picture that the coach sees and has put the time and effort into devising and developing a plan for. And it's not until that player can block out the noise and focus on what the coach has told them to do in that moment that the game finally comes together. There's finally a moment that that player and that coach can celebrate together that they've accomplished the goal that they set out to accomplish. God, God's voice is speaking, and it continues to do so, and he's speaking now. Do we have ears to hear? In Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it's very clear what God wants for us. He's shown us what is good, and he's shown us what the Lord requires of us, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with him. May we cut through the noise, devote ourselves to the voice of Jesus through scripture, through prayer, through the voices of the godly men and women who are around us and who are sharpening us, and be guided less by the moment and who God calls us to be in the moment. As we share in a time of communion right now, uh, one of our own, Dominic Chassie, is going to be leading a song as we contemplate and we meditate together. And as he sings, I just ask you to spend some time praying through, meditating on the words of the song and what the voice of the Good Shepherd is calling you to here and now in this moment in your life. Let's pray together. God, we, we're grateful that uh, we don't have to be directed, uh, life isn't dictated to us by uh, flashes in the pan, um, that we have a consistent message, we have a consistent voice for you, and that as we follow that, it keeps us on track, straight and narrow, to both be a citizen of the kingdom of God and experience life a little bit more closely in the way that you have always hoped for us to experience it. God, we ask that you give us uh, the wisdom that we need through your Holy Spirit. May we listen to that still, quiet voice that continues to speak um, and draws our attention. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.